0: Alright, everybody, welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome to the podcast. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Index, and much, much more. Today, we got a pretty good around the world section going on today overall. I got some fairly decent Mariners takes today. I got a fair amount of them. I want to dig into a couple players. Adam Frazier, uh, Luis uh, uh, Eugenio Suarez, excuse me, Kirk Casale addition. I got a fair amount of Seahawks takeaways from last day or yesterday of practice and training camp. Around the world, let's get straight to it, shall we? NFL has decided to appeal the suspension for Deshaun Watson, which is... Not overly surprising. However, the fact that the judiciary person who was in charge for him in general uh, originally appointed a six-game suspension. The NFL has saw the backlash for only six games. I'm imagining this is more of a saving the image or a face, you know, whatever you want to call it, an image or a logo saver right now is what they're trying to do. That's what I'm trying to spit out. Anyways. Six games, obviously, we all know, is not enough. Deshaun Watson had way too much, uh, way too much dirt to, to, to be, you know, shoveled up, and there's way too much, you know, dirty laundry being aired right now. It's very apparent and clear that he did some seriously not okay stuff, for a better lack of a non-general term. But overall, I'm expect, uh, from what the reports are stating from Sal Palantonio, Pal as well as other inside sources through the NFL. That the league office is trying to push for one year minimum, which is pretty spot on for what I figured at bare minimum would happen due to Trevor Bauer and MLB Baseball I talked in last podcast receiving two years. Deshaun Watson needs to get a year minimum, or else it's n- open up Pandora's box and a bunch of bad stuff is going to happen. Live Golfers, Phil Mickelson, along with 10 others, have filed an antitrust lawsuit against the tour challenging their suspensions. The suspensions, as far as I know, are due to some kind of code of conduct. I don't have a whole lot more on that right now. I apologize. It's something that came up on my Beach Report feed yesterday, so I want to bring that up in today for Around the World. Cowboys signed linebacker Anthony Barr, previous Viking, for many, many years, probably just for a veteran help on just depth in addition to the, to the locker room presence. And uh, unfortunately, Vince Scully passed away this week, age of 94. Play-by-play announcer for the Dodgers from 1950 to 2016, earned Baseball Hall of Fame award, Ford Frick Award in 1982. The Dodgers will honor Vince Scully not for not only this season, but for the the remainder of you know probably for the remainder of the franchise with a patch on their jerseys to honor Vince Scully and all that he did for the franchise. So I just want to take a moment to uh, have a moment of silence for Vince Scully thank you uh Mariners 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 we got a lot to get into today a lot of, this has been a uh pretty big time for the Mariners recently a lot of like a lot of good stuff's been happening uh, a lot of injuries have been happening so with that being said, let's also just straight, straight get into it if we shall road trip was a success uh Houston was bad we did not play well in Houston it's the house of horrors as that's. The how or the saying goes, Shannon Dreher, uh, Angie Mentek, all those guys, uh, Brad Adam, all those uh, guys who do a really good, really great job, ladies and gentlemen, they do a great job for Root Sports. Just all the talk about how Minute Maid Park is just chaos. The Crawford boxes don't make any sense. Um, the garage doors out there left center field, the whole ballpark is just designed for specifically right handed hitters, not so much lefties. The ball does. Travel fairly well to right field, but definitely a lot of advantages when it comes to right-handed hitters in Minute Park. No Ty France for most of it. Obviously, no Julio. They still won three of the last five games, including the finishing up the series win in uh, New York City. Logan Gilbert's weakness continues to be exposed. The Yankees really just made it very apparent that Logan Gilbert's inability to trust in his secondary pitches is allowing for serious problems to be going on especially with them relying upon the fastball he does have good velo the extension towards home plate is quality it's not it's not the lack of obviously it's not the velocity it's the problem for logan gilbert when it comes to his fastball it's a flat fastball if it has a little more of a run like you see george kirby yesterday we saw luis castillo which i'm gonna give a deep dive into luis Castillo today other day because man alive was he pretty fun to watch yesterday but Logan Gilbert is a huge part of the second half of this season for this franchise. He has to start working on the curveball, the slider, and the changeup more often. He does throw the slider, uh, you know, 27, 28% of the time, but the curveball is like 10, 11, and the changeup's like 5%. It needs to be increased in order for him to have a better uh, overall repertoire when it comes to his pitching and his uh, pitching mix in general. Luis Castillo was good. Not even close to his top form or or ability yesterday uh, on, a, on a scale of 20 to 80, which is what like the scouting grade scale is for overall prospects and players. Yesterday, I put his control probably on his fastball at 45. It wasn't great by any means. It can get up to a 60, 65. Probably just a little bit of jitters playing for a new team. Totally understandable. Playing in New York City. Not the easiest place to play. But he pitched well. You know, six and two-thirds innings. Uh, three earned runs, couple of walks, seven strikeouts, or excuse me, eight strikeouts. The guy had a really good first start for the Mariners. Jerry Depoto, I'm sure, is probably pretty stoked about it. I have not listened to the Jerry Depoto show today. I will get to that on tomorrow's podcast. But uh, overall, good showing by uh, Castillo. Glove side fastball was missing all over the place, unfortunately, especially versus left-handed batters. Change up got better throughout the game. Start of the game wasn't overly great, but he really has that Pedro Martinez like change up, or, you know, a Felix almost, almost Felix Hernandez like change up, where he throws it hard. Same uh, arm angle, same arm slot, and it's really hard for a batter to pick that up. And when you have a 10 mile an hour velo change on that with that kind of movement, it's going to be a huge weapon, especially for the second half for the Mariners and this overall rotation. I don't like. Ranting on umpires, but C.B. Buckner was awful yesterday in that game. I counted six strikes that were blatant in in the strike zone. Full ball, it wasn't even a 50-50, a 60-40, whether or not the ball was in or out. It was clear apparent strikes. Even Rick Riz, bless his heart, on the radio was getting a little frustrated, which he hardly does. But C.B. Buckner is by far known league-wide. Him and Angel Hernandez as being the two worst umpires in all of baseball. And of course, it happened to happen in Yankee Stadium. Uh, Luis Torrens didn't help him out, unfortunately. Was not doing a great job framing his pitches in any way. Granted, it was his first time catching Castillo, which isn't an ideal situation by any means. But Torrens, this is essentially the last three days playing for the Seattle Mariners until Kurt Casale comes back. He will take Terenz's spot on the backup catcher on the active roster. I'm assuming Torrens probably at some point will get picked up, I don't know sooner than later so with all that being said though it's gonna just kind of come down to uh you know probably pittsburgh milwaukee some team like that so okay Torrance is covered uh i want to kind of touch on a eugenio suarez for a little bit right now suarez has been really really good lately uh i mean it's not great overall flashy numbers Two home runs, six RBIs, three walks, last seven games. So, I mean, that's obviously been good and all. Don't get me wrong. But Suarez, like even yesterday, big home run versus the Yankees. He's on a little bit of a hot streak right now. Yesterday was just a great game overall for offense. Home runs from Suarez, Santana, Kelnick, and Winker. Uh, Jesse Winker continues to cross left-handed pitching, which is probably one of the biggest shockers of the season for the Mariners because he struggled so mightily last season against lefties. But overall, um, I got to give a lot of love to Adam Frazier. I've been a big, uh, you could call me a non-fan, I guess, of Adam Frazier. Not the biggest supporter in the world because he had a huge struggle in the first half of the season. It was really frustrating. A lot of people couldn't figure out why he was struggling as hard as he was, but he just was overall in general. But last 30 games hitting 321, last 7 games 417, batting average was like 217, it's now up to 250. So he's been a huge proponent of this offense is continuing to just keep consistent. And that's what we got to do especially with this tough road trip with the uh with the Yankees and the Astros. Get a day off today and then the series versus the Angels starts on Friday doubleheader Saturday. Seahawks, I got a fair amount of takeaways and some insight for you guys. Uh, some of you guys have been asking for Hawk stuff, so I'm gonna give you a little bit more today. DS Gridge continues to not practice. This is a problem. This I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm not gonna beat around the proverbial bush. This is an issue. DS Gridge was a second round draft pick. Creed Humphrey, a perennial all-star or all pro bowl tackle, excuse me, center from uh, the University of Oklahoma, who went two to the Chiefs, was the next pick. We should have obviously picked the center, because now we have Austin Blythe, which I think will do an okay job. He's got a decent amount of uh, experience with Andy Dickerson and uh, our offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. But Diaz Cruz has got to get his butt on the field. I don't care how it's got to happen. I don't care if you guys sit in the ice tank, if you had got to go into that, one of those uh, chambers, whatever they're called. Uh, but you got to figure it out, man. Just just something, because this is becoming a problem. Pete Carroll is getting frustrated with his inability to get on the field. That doesn't do any good for anybody, unfortunately. Especially when you have guys like Cody Thompson, who's having a really strong camp right now. Penny Hart continues to do a couple plays here and there. And then the 7th round draft pick, Derek Youngs looked really good. Also, Bo Melton has not looked good so far in trading camp whatsoever. That's a bit of a shocker to me. I thought Bo Melton would come in and really play well. But Derek Young's definitely outplaying him right now in training camp, and that could provide to being him on a practice practice squad spot come regular season. See if that changes here in the upcoming days. Cornerbacks continue to shine. Sidney Jones broke up two passes uh, versus Geno Smith in the red zone yesterday. One versus Noah Fant, one versus DK Metcalf. So once again, the cornerbacks continue to show up. Ball out, all that good jazz. Artie Burns got a veteran day off yesterday. Interesting enough, Tariq Wolin, rookie. Corner, University of Texas San Antonio stepped in, got the start at right cornerback, and that's well deserved. He's played really well throughout the training camp so far, especially versus DK Metcalf on ability to cover the longevity of the field. Drew Lockstock continues to tra- trend in the right direction, worked the second team again yesterday, but he's continuing to make good passes. He made a throw yesterday to DJ Dallas on a beautiful wheel route coming down the sideline for a touchdown. Play before that, though, a little bit of an issue here. Geno Smith would have been sacked one play and then followed the play he was sacked with on an interception on a late sideline throw intended for, uh, I believe it was DK Metcalf, and it was intercepted by Kobe Bryant, the rookie who continues to make impressions all throughout training camp. Rashad Penny took a veteran day off yesterday along with others. Uh, Artie Burns was also off yesterday as well. Ken Walker really took advantage of the uh, of his opportunity yesterday. Did a great job stepping in, making the most of his opportunities. Just really smooth, savvy, smart route running coming out of the backfield. Ran in between the tackles well, ran with conviction. And I'm hearing a lot of really positive things coming out about Ken Walker and how it really wouldn't take much to have Ken Walker take over Rashad Penny. But all reports are that Rashad Penny is in the best shape of his life. He's still in, weighing at 237, but his BMI is down. He looks just like he really took care of himself well in the offseason. Not sure if that he was doing that thing with Adrian Peterson, doing his workout routine. That seemed to really help him boost him last offseason. But overall, Rashad Penny and Ken Walker are going to be a very formidable duo coming out of the backfield for the Seahawks, which is paramount to success for this season especially with the quarterback issue in Seattle another quote-unquote tussle happened yesterday between Bubba Bolden and Travis Homer on what was called an overly aggressive hit uh, which resulted in a shoving match pretty much what this comes down to is that guys just aren't used to getting hit you know it's like the second day of half padded practices players got to get used to to, to the physical nature again they kind of get accustomed to you know touch football for better lack of a term and uh, you know it's football. You got to figure out a way to figure it out. So Carl Taylor Smith, going to give him a little bit of love, and a little bit of shout out. He's been doing a great job running training camp for Pete Carroll as he re- uh, continues to recover and come back from COVID. He, up, all accounts are that he is doing well, has again mild symptoms, and should be back sooner than later. And uh, overall, uh, the Storm have been playing fairly well. Won two of their last four ball games. I don't have last night's info quite yet. It was a late game last night, 7 o'clock. But I will have a full Deep Storm section coming up on tomorrow's podcast. Kind of giving you an update and uh, just overall uh, recap of how they are playing in the last week or so. And with that being said, that's going to be today's podcast. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out if you guys prefer a 15- or a 20-minute podcast. Please let me know. I will have a post up on Facebook, Sports in the Northwest. Covering all this good jazz, giving you an update. There's a comment section down there for all you, all you guys who want to leave comments or topics or ideas or just overall. Um, just any any comments are appreciated. more I get, the the, the better it is for me. I appreciate your guys' feedback and all, all that good jazz. Thank you so much for continuing to listen. Thank you for the new subscribers. Again, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Index, and much, much more. I will have a podcast coming out tomorrow, covering uh, covering a little bit more, probably do a State of the Farm tomorrow, kind of cover some prospects. There's been some prospect promotions for the Seattle Mariners, do some more Seahawk takeaways. And uh, overall, nice off day, rest day for everybody. Uh, besides, for obviously, the Hawks. They're going to f- uh, do some more training camp stuff today. See how well that goes. Uh, and as we always get out here with saying the simple thing, see us rise. Mariners play some good baseball. Angels are coming into town. Seahawks. Enjoy those padded practices. Go Hawks.